G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You'll be aware that Australia is at a crossroads and the question is, which roads will we take? Well, it's a time to appreciate the context of the Postal Plebiscite Survey on Marriage and realise what is at stake if the definition of marriage changes from being between one man and one woman. Well, deeper issues of religious freedom and freedom of speech have begun to resonate with Australians. The yes side of the equation downplays protections for free speech by saying that the question is only about allowing LGBTQI people to be allowed to marry. But there's been an avalanche of concerns expressed highlighting the consequences of changing the marriage definition. So at this critical point in Australia's history, where a sexual revolution may tip the scales to unravel the definition of marriage, what should you be doing? Well, sometimes we think of prayer as the last resort, and maybe this is the 11th hour. And believers need to take seriously this change in culture and rally to defend marriage. On 2020 today, we want to talk about prayer, a call to prayer warriors, or what I've been, uh, the terminology I've been using today, bare knuckle believers. The gloves are off, the battle's on, and uh, and you know what it is uh, to engage in a spiritual battle. And, of course, it's not all uh, about physical violence, (laughs) far from that, but raising a petition in the courts of the Lord. Well, Brian Pickering leads the Australian Prayer Network with more than 100,000 dedicated prayer warriors already involved deeply in the challenge of prayer for the nation. Brian's joining us today and through this next hour, and you can be part of our conversation. But a special welcome to you, Brian Pickering. Thank you, Neil. It's good to be with you again. Uh, Brian, I don't know whether my numbers are outdated. Uh, When you have a number of people that are right throughout the nation who are recipients of uh, your prayer letters, who are part of the Australian Prayer Network, uh, what sort of numbers are we talking about these days of prayer warriors around Australia? Yes, we we uh, we haven't got an accurate figure, but we uh, multiply out the number of churches who are who are uh, involved with our network, which is about seven hundred. We've got a couple of thousand prayer groups across the nation and many thousands of individual intercessors. So, uh, at any one time, we believe that we can communicate with up to a hundred thousand people. And at a time like this, I think we'd probably be the closest to that that we've ever been. Yes, because people are all of a sudden interested in prayer because they recognise that there's a challenge ahead. They recognise there is a threat to freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And people are, in these sorts of times, when they recognise that there is a a battle that needs to be fought, they are ready to get on their knees. Uh, What sort of reaction have you noticed, Brian? Has there been a change in the atmosphere? People all of a sudden saying, I need to be at prayer and somehow or other I need to brush up on a few skills. 
Yes, absolutely. In the last uh, four or five years, we've noticed a, a quite significant change in the uh, climate surrounding prayer in our nation, and not just because of this issue, but uh, even ahead of this issue being the vital issue it is today, uh, there's been an increasing interest in prayer, uh, and we've been running prayer schools across Australia, and we've had now 10,000 people come through those the foundation level of that of that school. Now we've never seen anything like that in the previous thirty years of our ministry. So uh, God is stirring the hearts of people towards prayer more than ever before, and this issue is uh, fueling that as well. I was saying a little earlier on that those who don't see themselves as prayer warriors in the sense of being a person with a major prayer thrust in their life, uh, now there's an invitation to come out of a malaise, uh, to come out of an apathy and actually to take up the challenge. I wanted to ask you, as we get the conversation underway today, Brian, when we use terminology like prayer warrior or the fact that we are in a battle, uh, even the idea of fighting a good fight, uh, soldiers in the army of the Lord, these are relevant words describing prayer. And uh, it's not about, in some ways, driving a wedge between people groups because people are created in the image and likeness of God. How do you describe this idea of taking up a challenge of being a prayer warrior and yet uh, what we're called to be as people who do love one another and who are called to serve our fellow human beings? Yes, the Bible is very clear that our battle isn't against human beings. Uh, Our battle is in the spiritual realm. Uh, And so uh, uh, it it is possible to love all human beings, um, but to uh, engage in a battle against a spirit that is operating and making uh, inroads into the human thought processes and things like that. So it is clear we aren't fighting human beings in this battle. Now, there are people who are called uh, and given a special calling and gifting to be prayer warriors, as it were, uh, to engage more on the front line of that battle. But this is a battle that all of us need to be involved in, whether we consider ourselves prayer warriors, intercessors or whatever. Uh, This is something that we should all be uh, carrying in our heart uh, and uh, and reminding the Lord each day of our desire for him to intervene and to uh, stand up for... Uh, for the things that we believe are biblical, for the things that we believe that uh, Jesus taught when he was on earth, uh, and now is the time for us to stand up and, and, uh, and, and to fight to protect those. Reflect a few moments for us, Brian, on the power of prayer when uh, you might be an individual, you might be part of a prayer group in your local church, you might be as part of the Australian Prayer Network where there's a 100,000 people who are uh, joining in prayer. The power of prayer, the corporate prayers of the saints, uh, is this significant uh, when it comes to the way God's dealings happen with a nation? Yes, God God looks, I believe, at at a nation and he looks to see how many people are carrying his heart's desire for that nation. And if there aren't very many, then he only has a few people that he can work through. Uh, If he has a large number of people, obviously the impact on that nation is going to be much larger. So it is important that everyone puts their shoulder to the wheel, as it were, and and makes up that number. But in, in, in the end... It's not all about numbers either. It's about the personal relationship that those who are praying have with the Lord. 
and the deeper their own personal relationship with with God is, the more power is generated through the prayers that they pray. So it's also a matter of of uh, individual passion, individual relationship with God, uh, and it's as much to do with that as it is with overall numbers. Sometimes we talk about hearing from God. In fact, yesterday on 2020 in this time slot, we were having an extensive conversation about hearing from God. But sometimes, Brian, we can have a doubt in our mind as to the idea that when we pray that God is hearing us. I mean, sometimes we can get a, an idea of our own finitude, our uh, the fact that we're small players in the whole universe. Uh, can the God of the universe hear my prayer? What's your encouragement to people about what the Bible teaches about God hearing our prayers? Well, I, I think we actually hear from God much more than we think we do. Uh, the doubt that's sown into our minds uh, after we believe God has spoken to us is, is obviously the enemy at work. And so he casts doubt. Uh, and, and because of our uncertainty of our position or relationship with God we tend to allow the doubt to overcome the, the the fact that God has actually spoken to us ahead of that so I think again it comes back to that personal relationship with God uh, if we if we know him personally then we will know his voice uh, and when he speaks to us he speaks to us positively he speaks to us in agreement with the scriptures and so if we get something, we hear a voice speaking to us that's in line with the scriptures and it's a positive voice encouraging us to, to do something, we can almost certainly believe that's from God. Uh, the, the doubt sown by the enemy is usually negative. It's usually uh, not backed up by scripture. And so when we begin to understand how to hear from God, uh, I think we can become more certain that when we do hear him, that it is actually him. But it comes back again to that depth of personal relationship we have with him. And the idea that when we pray, God hears our voice. I imagine that uh, if he knows the numbers of hairs on our head, uh, then he can hear the voice that we have when we pray. Oh, absolutely. I have, I have no doubt about that. But the encouraging thing from, from our perspective is that, you know, not only do we pray, but God himself is praying and there is actually a 24-7 prayer meeting going on in heaven, which you can read about in the book of Revelations, where God and the 24 elders are gathered around the throne and the hosts of heaven, the angels are gathered around, and all those who have gone before us, uh, multitudes too, too great to count, uh, are all gathered around the throne of God and are praying for us 24-7. And so when our prayers are added to that, you know, there's enormous power being generated and we need to learn how to connect with that power because that's the power that will change the world. Just quickly, Brian, uh, in some of the detail that you have uh, with the Australian Prayer Network, uh, a 24-hour prayer watch has been running now in Australia for a long time. Give us an update on how that prayer watch works. Yes, it, it started at the turn of the century, so it's now been going 17 and a half years, uh, and it has not ceased in all of that time. Uh, and it operates uh, by people registering to pray for our nation for one hour a week and they give us uh, a, a six-hour time frame within that uh, period. You know, they might pray some, for an hour somewhere between 6 a.m. and midday or between midday and midnight, uh, midday and 6 p.m. and 6 p.m. and midnight and so forth. And so they do that in the privacy of their own home. Uh, they don't have to be, uh, no one has to, rings them or they don't have to ring anyone else. Everyone just uh, does it at the time slot that they committed. 
uh, and we have several thousand people on that prayer watch. So every slot throughout the 24 hours a day is covered by more than one person. So we have up to six or 12 people praying in a given time slot. So to become part of that, you have to join the Australian Prayer Network firstly and then indicate that you would like to be a member of the uh, National 24-Hour Prayer Watch uh, and, uh, and you can do that. But for this particular campaign with the plebiscite just around the corner, we're extending that and so we're inviting people who aren't members of the 24-Hour Prayer Watch to join us and to pray every day at whatever time suits their schedule until the plebiscite vote is over. And so we're issuing prayer points each week uh, in our Australian News Bulletin. We list prayer points that people can pray during that week and then it's renewed and refreshed the next week. And so people uh, can join in that as they wish to and for as long as they want to. Some people will be very heartened to know that there are thousands who are taking time every day and a concerted effort uh, to bring to the courts of the Lord uh, the issues that are facing the nation today. When we talk about a battle for hearts and minds, how do we understand that in the context of our prayers, Brian? Because uh, we know that uh, there's a number of scriptures that talk about uh, the battle that's going on. A battle for hearts and minds, how do you describe that? Well, God, God is continually, uh, the, the God who created all human life, that is the father of all human beings, uh, wants his family back. Uh, and he's continually reaching out to try and win back those people who were created by him, but may have walked away from him or turned their back on him or whatever. He's constantly trying to win them back. And the battle to win them back is what we call the battle for the hearts and minds of the people. In other words, we need to help people understand that uh, they were created by a God who has their best interests at heart. Uh, And the best way to live life here on earth is to live it in cooperation with the one who created you. And so the battle for the hearts and minds is that battle between good and evil, between God and Satan for the the lives and the hearts and minds of the people. And that's what we're involved in right now. Now, there's lots of Bible scriptures that we could quote about prayer and about a battle. Uh, One of those is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Uh, When we talk about that, and uh, some people will recognize the language in a different version that they might be more comfortable reading, but when we talk about uh, these sorts of forces, we're talking warfare in prayer, uh, we're talking about divinely powerful weapons. Uh, Is this something uh, that needs some deeper unpacking uh, for most people when they start to talk about a specialized area of prayer here, Brian? Yes, uh, we again need to realise that our battle isn't against other people. It's against the spiritual forces which are made up of principalities and powers, uh, Satan himself of course, uh, principalities and powers and demonic forces that we encounter in our everyday life. Uh, So uh, the whole of our life really is a battle, spiritual battle, but it's important that the tactics that we use are not directed against human beings. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will not win this war if we 
are attacking, using it to attack human beings. We just will not win it. Uh, we, we have to attack the spiritual forces which are seeking to blind people from uh, understanding truth, uh, leading them astray, away from God into their own human desires. Um, that's, that's where the battle is. Uh, um, it's, the, it's the demonic forces that, that uh, rule uh, in the spiritual realm and, and over the lives of all of us, um, Christians included, and we have to stand strong in God and resist those. And in this situation, we are not only doing that on our own behalf, but we are doing it on behalf of others who may not know the truth of what we know, but are still involved in that battle for their hearts and minds. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Brian Pickering leads the Australian Prayer Network with more than a 100,000 prayer warriors already involved in the challenge of prayer for our nation. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Brian, let's start to take a call or two. Let's hear from Ursula in uh, New South Wales. Hello, Ursula. Welcome along. Good morning. Um, I wanted to say something in regards to whether prayer should be first or last, and you know, of course, it should be first. Um, but in that regard, what concerns me a little bit is when people say, oh, we pray about it, God will do it, and, you know, we sit on our hands. And um, I think when we pray, we're not just asking God to do something in the spiritual, which which we do when we, we want him to do the things we can't do, like stop our enemies from, you know, winning and stuff. But I think there's more going on with prayer than that because when we pray, he um, gives us strategies and he wants us to do things, and he makes us more courageous when we pray. So I like the saying of, um, you know, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. So that means, you know, we ask God to do what He only he can do, and then he will ask us to do what we must do, because he always wants us involved. Ursula, good thoughts there, and uh, talking prayer and action and strategies. Uh, your thoughts, Brian Pickering? Uh, look, I agree with Ursula uh, completely. In our teaching on, on prayer, we, we call, talk about three stages of prayer. The first is when we talk to God, and actually nothing happens as a result of that. It's great to be able to talk to God, and it's, it's great that we can do that. Uh, the second stage is God talks back to us, and that's also great, but that doesn't change anything either. It just means we have a two-way conversation with God. Prayer works in stage three, when we go and do what God tells us when he speaks to us. And that's why so many people, for so many people, prayer doesn't work because they only see it as a conversation with God. But I believe God gives us instructions when we talk to him, which he then requires us to carry out. Not so that what we do has impact, but as we do what he asks us to do, he can work through that situation then to bring change. So I totally agree with Ursula that just to pray is not enough. We have to not only pray, but we have to listen to what God tells us to do and then go out and do it, and then God can work. Ursula, thank you so much for your input today on 2020. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. We're taking calls. Let's hear from Chris in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome along. Uh, Good day, Neil. Just in relation to that last quarter, quickly... uh well, we are praying, but uh, people like Lyle Shelton go out and represent us and, you know, tell the 
the people in the public what's going on. But just my thing, I mean, this is a war, and like I've said before, we, we've got to go to the war room, and when you go to the war room, there's casualties. And in this sense, the people are at, uh, attacking marriage, but uh, like basically with everything they want, it's attacking children. And so again, I, I say to us, we should be praying that um, God says that if you cause a child to stumble, you put a millstone around your neck. We should be asking God to put millstones around the neck of these politicians and, and everyone that would cause a child to stumble. And I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll give you an example, and I'm not big noting myself, but when I heard Penny Wong attack Lyle Shelton regarding the, you know, his comment about the stolen generation, that this generation would be like a new stolen generation, I prayed that God would put a millstone around her neck, and I'm sure other people were praying as well. And the very next day, um, you know, her staffer was exposed. So I, I think we should really call on God to honour his word. Uh, interesting thoughts there, Chris. Uh, response from Brian Pickering. Yes, uh, I, think, I think we do have to uh, pray for a, a lot of what might seem peripheral issues, not just for the success of the plebiscite or whatever. Uh, and I think uh, your caller on this one is, is on, on the right track. Um, there, there will be other areas that we need to pray into to protect and children is one of those uh protection of the family protection of the children uh and and certainly uh, uh we need to be praying in accordance with the scriptures so however the lord reveals to the individual prayer what is in the scriptures providing we are praying in the scriptures and we're not praying negatively against particular people uh, but against the spirit that operates behind that, I think there are many other aspects of this that we need to pray into as well, yeah. Thank you so much to Chris from Victoria. Before we take another call, uh, this comes back to something we started talking about at the beginning of our conversation, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about people, uh, that when we pray, we must be cautious actually not to attack people. So if we're praying for specific issues here, uh, your thoughts on naming people uh, who we might think are enemies uh, or those who, uh, in the case of uh, a staffer uh, and millstones around necks, uh, which might indicate uh, physical uh, uh, violence against that person. And that's certainly uh, got a concern about it when we when we discuss these things. What are your thoughts on, on how you frame your prayer uh, that it doesn't become something that uh, targets individuals because there is a Christian attitude we have towards individuals? Yeah, yeah it's very easy for us because we live in a world with, uh, with people. It's very easy for us to always be attracted towards a person who may be saying something we disagree with or, or doing something that we don't like. Uh, but we would we would rather target our our prayers at the issue or the spirit the spirit behind the comments rather than the person who makes the comments. Uh, I think that's, I think that's a safer way and a more biblical way of doing it. So uh, the Bible continuously tells us our battle is not against flesh and blood. So, uh, but but the manifestation of the spiritual forces does come through human beings. And that makes it difficult for us to be able to separate those two. But I think it is important for us as Christians to be able to separate the two because uh, it's a little, little bit like, uh, you know, we, we hate the sin, but we love the sinners. And that's very difficult for people to do. It's very hard to separate the two. But but I think we have to. Otherwise, we will be accused, like everyone else, of being haters and, and things like that. So in our, especially in our public discourse, then we need to be aware that... Uh, we are in a spiritual battle. Uh, it is fought 
at the human level with human beings involved and that makes it a little bit more difficult but I think we need to try and keep it at that spiritual level of praying against the spiritual forces behind comments and actions rather than the person who makes those comments and actions. Your thoughts, Brian, before we take another call, uh, the attitude that you have when you're in that prayer time, because if you're talking about this issue of marriage, there's a way you can pray for preservation of the biblical, godly definition of marriage And there's another attitude you could have of praying against those who may be uh, challenging that definition. How do you think uh, the attitude of believers ought to be by way of the the dimension that you choose to pray when you are praying about the issue? I think looking at the life of Jesus, he he, he always uh, took a more positive attitude. So he would seek to overcome the negative by by coming from a positive uh, and I think that's the way that we would prefer to pray uh, that we would prefer to pray for the preservation of marriage rather than against those who oppose it um, I think it's a more powerful prayer uh, because it provides uh, it provides God with with, with something that uh, that he's able to do and, it, and if we preserve marriage obviously that we win the battle <laughs> so uh, it's 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 fighting for our own cause and what we believe in rather than opposing what other people are trying to uh, put upon us now the outcome should be the same but I think it's just more positive if we approach it from the positive rather than the negative. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Russell in Slacks Creek in Queensland. Hello, Russell. Welcome along. Hello. How are you? What I uh, really rely on is uh, Romans eight twenty six. Is spirit makes intercessions and utterance of words we cannot utter right, and we're there full on in spiritual warfare. Come back on First uh, Corinthians two sixteen. We judge the moment, but we judge all things spiritually. We've got the mind of Christ. But at times I've been very weary, very battle worn. I come back on uh, Proverbs eighteen and ten. The Lord is my strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are safe. And when I when I'm at that point, I get into worship and that and praise. Um, the bloke with the millstone earlier on, I was thinking of, um, a, um, um, what is it, um, what a man sows he will reap, you know, Galatians 6, 7, God is not mocked, but what a man sows he will reap it, and that's what I come back on, Lord, what they're sowing, let them reap, I love them, forgive them, but let them that's the way I come at it at times. Yep. The only way I can. Yep. Russell, thanks for that. Only 30 seconds out from news. A very quick response from you, Brian. Yeah, that Romans passage 8, 26 and 27, we use that in our schools. Uh, and, it, and it starts by saying that we do not know how to pray, but the Spirit intercedes for us. So it's what we carry in our heart that the Lord is able to use even more than what we, he can use with our words in response. Okay, thank you to Russell from Slacks Creek. Uh, Brian, let's continue to take some calls, shall we? Uh, let's hear from Samoa in New South Wales. Hello, Samoa. Welcome along. Hello. Hello, how are you, sir? Good, good. It is Samoa, isn't it? That's right, that's right. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, when God give us a choice, you know, uh, in the book of, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, 
Moses and uh, Joshua. Okay, Moses and Joshua, Joshua yep. Yeah, Deuteronomy 30, and uh, when Joshua stood up and told the people of uh, Hebrew, Israel, that choose today which God you follow, whether it's God to worship the other side of the valley or the God that brought us here. So, in, in, in the old way to the terms of the uh, making a choice, you know what I mean? Yeah, choose so, this day whom you will serve. And, uh, of course, it was Joshua, wasn't it, who said, uh, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So uh, you're talking about a, a choice, and it is a crucial time in Australia's history. People are making choices here that will right. take us one direction yeah. or another. Uh, let's get some that's thoughts right. from Brian Pickering. Brian, on our, our caller, Samoa. Yes, we are at a crossroads, and uh, we have a choice to make. And so, uh, yes, this is a very, very important time, not only for individuals to make choices, but we need to make a choice as a nation. Uh, and that's what the plebiscite is all about, is to give us a say. Uh, and, uh, uh, and we just, you know, we just can't pray and rely on God to, to do something, click his fingers and change things the way we want them. Uh, we have a part to play, and that part is to go out to may first of all make a decision and go out and vote uh, so that our voice can be heard. And it's, it, our voice is as legitimate as any other person's voice in the nation. Just because we hold to a, a Christian position or a religious position doesn't mean that we can't have our say. And, uh, and we're not imposing our view on other people. We're simply voting with other people so that the, the, the nation then decides which way it wants to go. Thank you to Samoa for your insight today. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's take a call from Catherine in Esperance in WA. Hello, Catherine. Welcome along. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be on. Thank you for the opportunity. I just want to remind people what God has done. Previously, when his people have just been under incredible pressure. In the 80s in Western Australia, there was a cult called the Orange People and they really appealed to the intelligentsia and they were growing incredibly and they were threatening to make to do a lot of schools in the southwest. The people really came together and prayed and fasted and, and with that, no schools came about. The cult disappeared and it just shows when, when, when we're really desperate, God will be glorified, and I think he's refining his church, and he'll put the heat up, but I think as his people, let's expect great things, because he's done so many great things in the past, and I think it's a wonderful time that he's allowed for his church to get real, to get on our knees. Uh, Good thoughts there, Catherine. Uh, Let's get a response from Brian. Yes, I I believe that uh, God is wanting to refine his church and he uses situations like this to do that. Um, I think we also need to recognize that this this hasn't come upon us just in the last three or four years. I think this has its nemesis 50 or 60 years ago when uh, during the sexual revolution and, uh, and things began to happen and a lot of the stuff that we're hearing about in the Royal Commissions and that began to happen in the church. You know, I think that was the uh, beginning point when uh, this battle, which is now reaching a climax, began. Back in those days, you remember, there were, there were prophetic voices warning us that this is going to take us down a wrong road. But there was a bit of apathy around most Christians at that time, and so we didn't do much about it. And now we're finding we're right in the midst of, a, of, a, of the final battle, as it were, uh, where we're going to make a decision which way we go. And, and, and God's, 
allowing that to refine his church and to refine us as his people. I, I believe that and I understand that. Uh, I just hope we learn that lesson before we lose the fight. Thank you so much to Catherine from Esperance in WA and uh, good insights there. And it does strike me, Brian, that if you've been a part of prayer groups and you've seen wonderful answers to your prayers, as Catherine is saying there, uh, reflecting on uh, the rising of a cult in her communities around southwest WA, and, uh, and she has seen the hand of God at work to preserve their communities from something that might have been a threat. Uh, this sort of thing, it, once you've seen a few uh, runs on the board, uh, much easier to have faith that God can do it again. Oh, absolutely. And we, and we need to keep that in the forefront of our minds as well, that, uh, uh, that we've, we, there's probably nothing we can do ourselves except vote uh, and except uh, speak out and, and pray. Uh, but we're now totally in the hands of God. And, and that's a good place to be, actually, because uh, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything else that we can think of or, or do. And uh, and I have a, a peace in my spirit that God is in control of this situation, even though it might look as if darkness is winning. God still comes out the victor, and we need to put our trust in him and not in people or process. Taking calls from all over Australia today, 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. Let's hear from Patricia in Alice Springs in the Northern Territory. Hello, Alice, uh, Patricia. Oh, hello. Thank you, Brian. First of all, thank you for your faithfulness over many years. Uh, uh, and I um, thank you for your comments. I came in halfway, so I'm not sure whether you've made any comment on the sacrifice of our babies, which to me brings God's judgment upon us as a nation. Would you comment, please? I think the context you're talking about there, Patricia, and get to Brian's thoughts, but what you're talking about is uh, what happens to children uh, of same-sex couples. Uh, your thoughts, Brian? No, it no? isn't. No, sorry? No, it's okay. about the abortions. Okay, all right. Let's uh, slightly off track on our uh, conversation, but yes, your thoughts, Brian? Uh, yes, uh, we're, when, whenever we disobey God, uh, there always is a price to pay. Uh, and uh, whether these two issues are directly related or not, uh, the issue of abortion is a very real issue, a very live issue, uh, and God speaks very strongly against those who, uh, who take the lives of innocent people uh, and also against those who abuse children and so forth. So, yes, uh, uh, the the abortion problem is is a is a real issue, a live issue, and one that we need to address also. Um, but as Neil has said, it's probably a little bit uh, to the side of what we're talking about in relation to the marriage issue. Although you know you you may be able to draw links between the two. Thank you so much to Patricia in Alice Springs. Our talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join in our conversation, you might have a question, you might have a comment, you might have an insight. Uh, let's take a call from Alex in Essendon in Victoria. Hello, Alex. Oh, good morning. Yes, um, just another passage in Scripture, uh, John chapter nine, verse thirty-one. Uh, it's, it says, "Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but." If any man will be a worshipper of God and a doer of his will, him he heareth. And, and here we should all be looking at ourselves not, not to be fully um, uh, following God's word and not just picking out bits that we like or we don't like and, 
and ask and, and expecting an answer and I think all all sin is relevant between man and God regardless what it is and we all have to have a look at our, at ourselves very thoroughly uh, good thoughts Alex your response Brian yes that's true and so there is uh, in our praying for this issue there needs to be an element of confession and repentance um, and uh, uh, you know, down through the years, uh, I think we as a nation have got away from the Word of God. Um, even the church uh, in, the, in the recent years, some, or some aspects of the church, have, have questioned the, the, the reality of, of the Bible as being God's, God's Word. Uh, and, and some of those issues are some that we have to uh, you know, confess and repent of ourselves and make sure that our attitude, our position, our relationship with God is as strong as it can be, as pure as it can be, uh, so that he can work through us uh, to bring the change that we're asking him to do in the nation. But if there is, if there is unrighteous, unrighteousness in our own thought processes or in our thought processes as a nation, then it makes it more difficult for God to be able to answer our prayers because our heart is not in alignment with his word or his, his character. Thank you so much to Alex in Essendon in Victoria. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. I think such an important point to raise because sometimes hindrances to prayers, Brian, get your thoughts on this, maybe because we harbour all sorts of unforgiveness and unrighteousness in our own hearts. And uh, there's a little bit of a challenge here, isn't there? Clean up your act. Uh, repent of unconfessed sins be right with God and be ready to be used as he calls us to because uh, this is not a time to be apathetic about these things. No, and, and, and sometimes, you know, we, we, we just think we've got to ask God to do something and he, he'll do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we teach that, that uh, we need to be pure vessels. Uh, if we're not pure vessels, God can, cannot do what he wants to do through us. Uh, so the purer vessels we are, and that means we constantly keep a, our relationship with God uh, uh, updated, as it were, uh, because what we, our understanding of intercession is allowing God to do in me first what I want him to do with someone else. And so if we're praying for righteousness in our nation, then to be able for that prayer to have power and authority, we need to be righteous people. And to be righteous people, we need to be in strong and uh, relationship with the Lord, and that's where it all comes back to. And so, uh, so it comes back to how we, are we going to win this battle? Well, it first of all has to be one in our own relationship with God. The church has to be uh, in proper rela- relationship with God. Then it can pray with authority because it's allowed God to do in us what we're asking him to do in our nation. 1-800-316-316 to be part of our conversation today. Let's hear from Morgan in Queensland. Hello, Morgan. Hi, how are you today? Very well. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm just sitting here pondering that none of this has caught God by surprise. He is a sovereign God. He knows things outside of time. So um, when we are praying to him, knowing that we are righteous by the blood of Jesus, that he hears and he will uh, move on our behalf because we are his chosen people. We have been called out to be separate from the world and to live as ones that are shining the light to this lost generation. And I really see it as a clash of the two kingdoms, you know, the kingdom of self 
our working is people want to get what they want and that, and that their opinion is elevated in their own esteem. But um, really, we want to be going after what God wants and, and we want to be humble and know that, you know, when we lay down our life for Him and we, we uh, pray on His behalf and we call those things into being which He has spoken, um, that we will see our nation change. Um, but clearly, we, we are in war, but we, we've got to really keep that protective um, heart over the people that we're praying for and praying over and really be watchmen over this nation and, and, and bring it up to that righteous standard that God wants it to be at. Good thoughts there, Morgan. Your response, Brian? Yes, very good thoughts. And uh, it certainly is a clash of two kingdoms. There's no question about that. And certainly I do believe it hasn't caught God by surprise. It's probably caught us by surprise more than him. Uh, as I said, I think this uh, this has been building now for 50 or 60 years. Uh, but it's only in the last uh, few years that we've begun to really realise that it's a threat to our freedoms. It's a threat to uh, to our beliefs. And so now we're, we're getting all up in arms about it, which is good because that's why God moves slowly because he gives us plenty of time to understand issues and the plenty of time to get our relationship right back with him. Uh, and so it hasn't caught God by surprise, uh, and we need to uh, continue to pray according to the scriptures uh, and understanding that we are in a battle between two kingdoms, between the kingdom of good and the kingdom of evil. Uh, Brian, Morgan mentioned the word watchman. That's close to your heart and close to what the Australian Prayer Network's about. Enlarge a little, if you can, for us on what that means uh, for ordinary Aussies, ordinary people listening to our conversation today. Yeah. As Christians, we, we should be watchmen over our nation. But within the, within the Christian context, there are people who have a particular calling uh, according to, to prayer at a, at a deeper level than, than others might pray. Uh, and and their, their role is to watch what is happening uh, in the spiritual realm and to warn uh, the people of when there is something coming that uh, could do them harm. And so over the, over the last number of years, watchmen have been uh, speaking out. They may not have been heard as much as we would have liked them to be, but there's been many, many prophetic words given uh, over our nation and within the prayer network about uh, the things that we're facing and the implications of what we're facing now. But it's only now it's just becoming more publicised in the, in the press and we've been giving it a, a chance to vote that a lot of people are beginning to wake up and take notice. But, it, but the prophetic words and the warnings have been around for quite a number of years. Uh, and so I'm glad that people are now rising up and getting stirred up and all of that. Uh, and that's what happens and that's what God does. Uh, and it's not too late to turn it around. Uh, we, we, can, we can win the plebiscite. We can win the battle. We can preserve marriage. Uh, it's certainly not lost. And uh, I wouldn't take too much notice of what you read in the press uh, about numbers and polls and all of that. Uh, I believe that when the people hear truth and understand truth, uh, they will respond, and we're seeing that even even today, listening to people talk. Thank you so much to Morgan from Queensland. Let's take a call. Bev is in Queensland. Hello, Bev. Oh, hello, Neil. Neil, I just wanted to share, uh, and I just must honour Brian, because, yes, God's word is the truth, um, and the polls and things don't get concerned about those, but... An earlier call, a caller, he uh, spoke about the millstone. I just wanted to share, when this first raised its head, that's, that was the two scriptures the Lord gave me to take to my local federal member 
And I just wanted to encourage that man because I really cried out to God for scriptures and that's the two he gave me. Okay. And and the one you're talking about uh, is when Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. If anyone damages a little one. Mm, yep. And then the millstone were the two scriptures that he gave me. And Jesus said, better for him to have a millstone tied around yes. his neck and thrown into the water. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty scary thought, really. But that's uh, the words of Jesus. Don't yes. hurt those little ones. Yeah, and, and that's uh, what... That's the two scriptures I had to take to my federal member. Yeah. Uh, Bev, let's a thought from uh, Brian on that issue and how you might pray, because you might be praying for the little ones, because uh, not only are children something of a focus, as much as that may be a a, a touchy area for some uh, to talk about, but we are talking about children and grandchildren, generations into the future. Your thoughts for Bev and uh, issues to do with millstones and the value of little children that God places on, on their welfare. Yeah, well, the scripture is very clear. God places a, 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 a lot of store on children because of their innocence, because of their inability to defend themselves. He gives that responsibility to, to we who are adults. Uh, and, and if we as adults don't look after our children, if we do things which put them at risk, if we do things that uh, cause them to stumble in any way, then he judges us. And, uh, uh, and as a nation, I think there is a measure of judgment upon our nation because uh, we have not looked after our children. That's where the abortion issue comes in again. But it also comes in, in, in the form of what we're doing, uh, what we're allowing in our schools, in the te- what we teach our children. Uh, now, all of that is going to, uh, to come against our nation. And that's why we're fighting this battle, because we don't want it to go any further. It's already gone too far. We want to try and bring it back. And we we believe that if we lose this battle on marriage, that that will will enter into our schools in a much deeper way. So uh, as for the placing of millstones, that's God's responsibility. We We don't pray for... For that upon people, as I said, we're not we're not battling people, but it is a real issue, and we should not take it lightly because God does defend the the uh, in those who can't defend themselves including our children and widows and orphans and those kinds of people. Thank you so much to Bev from Queensland. And time is running out just a couple of minutes away from uh, when we'll have to go to focus on the family. So uh, thank you to everyone who's participated in this conversation. Uh, Some important things to uh, pay attention to, though, Brian. Uh, The 12th of September, an important day. There's been a call for a a national day of prayer and fasting. And, uh, of course, you've mentioned that there's been a prayer meeting that's been running in Australia uh, from people who are all over the country for the last 17 years. It's not just a new initiative. People are praying through these issues and for the welfare of Australia into the future. Uh, but there's that one that's coming up on the 12th. Uh, uh, we need to support those sorts of things when they're called. Yes, I, I believe it's the Australian Christian churches who are calling uh, their churches to that day of prayer and other prayer ministries are uh, supporting that. Uh, and encouraging people. The significance of the uh, 12th of September is that that's the day when the um, voting papers will begin to be disseminated across the nation. So that's the day of the, the process of the poll taking place. That's the significance of the 12th of September. And if people uh, want to join in that during that day uh, for however long they like and uh, whatever time they like, uh, they can do that.
and we would encourage that because then as a nation we were we are all praying together and i want to give attention to the way that people can get onto your prayer list uh, receiving updates uh, being part of uh, being a member of the australian uh, prayer network ozprayernet.org.au uh, you have to register to actually receive those updates don't you brian yes you do um, and the oz by the way is aus uh, 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 and they can, uh, at the bottom of our homepage, they can see us uh, where it says, uh, would like to receive your newsletters. They click on that, fill it out, send it to us, and they get added to our database. And they'll be getting information uh, to do with the plebiscites and, uh, and all matters that relate to our nation and the nations of the world. And sometimes we need that little extra incentive to be on our knees before the Lord and to receive a regular update is the encouragement to prayer. Uh, One last thought from you, Brian, just on the encouragement, uh, some inspiration, uh, why people ought to be uh, in prayer at this time in this critical point in our history. Well, I believe it's the only way that we're going to win uh, win this battle. Um, because prayer does move the hand of God, and the hand of God can move the intentions of people when they go uh, put the pen to paper in voting. So uh, we won't win this battle without prayer. It's, it's, the, it's the beginning and the end of it. We have to do the voting, of course, but, uh, uh, and there's many, many instances throughout history of where prayer has turned events of history. And uh, so, so we can be encouraged that prayer does work. We can be encouraged that God is more concerned for our nation than we are ourselves. So uh, he wants to save our nation. Uh, he just needs us to get alongside of him and cooperate with him and give him, uh, through our prayers, the opportunity to do only what he can do. So uh, we would encourage people to pray. We would encourage people to vote. And we would encourage them to share their faith with others around this issue so that uh, so that the Lord can use that for his purposes. Brian Pickering from the Australian Prayer Network and the Australian Prayer Network, part of the Coalition for Marriage. Let me give you that website, ausprayernet.org.au, ausprayernet.org.au. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. It's been a pleasure, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.